Hi, friends and listeners. This is Anna East Eden. You're listening to your home for meaningful and in-depth interviews. Hollywood and beyond with your host, Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. You can contact host Stephen Brittingham anytime. Send your email to hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Here is your host, Stephen Brittingham. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. I am your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. It is a potentially snowy day here in Cincinnati. I sure hope wherever you may be that this finds you both safe and warm. Well, this is the second episode of 2022, and I couldn't have asked for a better guest for that occasion. My special guest today is Sarah Hennessy, who is here to discuss her latest film role in The Surprise Visit, available on January 14th because that is the release date on video on demand and also in selected theaters. Sarah has a leading role in the film and also is the executive producer. Based on a true story, this tragic tale also features Eric Roberts and yet another fantastic performance by Eric. Sarah also gives an incredible performance in the surprise visit with very appealing screen presence. My guest was born in Sydney, Australia, began dancing at a very young age, eventually transcending into acting, literally performing in television and film throughout the world. Trust me on that, by the way. Sarah also has extensive experience as a host, having interviewed some of Hollywood's finest, most talented folks, and boy, did she sure impress me big time too. It is a pleasure to have her on the podcast. Sarah Hennessy, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Welcome to the show. Well, I mentioned I'm here in uh, what is going to be, I think, a snowy Cincinnati. Uh, where are you joining me from today? I'm joining from a sunny but cool Los Angeles. We've had an interesting cold ah. uh, cold entry into the new year. Um, but obviously, our call does not compare with yours. We're a little <laughs> spoiled over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, very nice. And once again, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, let me say in advance, congratulations on your latest role and for your producer efforts as well. I thought you just gave a truly outstanding performance. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really excited to share our film uh, with, with the world. I, I've been acting uh, for over 20 years, um, and this is my first film as a producer, and it's, my, it's, a, it's our own story, and I'm very close to 
um, the story and um, and the the people in it. Um, and so it's, it's it's a personal film. It's my own little baby. So I'm I'm excited to share it. Thank you. And I am excited to hear all about it. I, I was mm-hmm. fortunate enough to have viewed the film in advance, which is always a good thing mm-hmm. for me because it gives me greater perspective. And like I said, I really enjoyed your performance, and I thought the whole cast was really solid and strong. And I, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about the making of the film and more about mm-hmm. your character as well. I uh, can't wait to talk to you about it. Likewise. Thank you so much. What did you think of the film? Did you enjoy it? I did. I, I uh, Well, let me put it this way. Um, I just thought everybody in the cast did an exceptionally good job with their roles and performances. I mean, everybody did. And, and I mean, that makes exactly. a big statement. So, um, thank and, you, thank you. And I was intrigued with uh, the storyline as well. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it, it reminds me of something Eric Roberts told me on the last day of shooting, and I was I was so impressed and kind of humbled at the same time. And uh, you know, he, he's done a lot of films, and he turned around and he said, "You know what? I have to tell you." He said, "I've, I've been on a lot of sets, and uh, I, I, you know, you see occasionally, you know, on sets, you see one actor doing a really good job or another actor here doing a good job." He said, "But it's very rare." Uh, that on a set like this one, where you see everyone, uh, every actor giving it 110% and knocking it out of the park, he said, I was really impressed with all of you. And I, I just, I, I, I think I blushed for a minute. And I said, wow, <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. That's high praise coming from Eric. He's been right? on a few sets. <laughs> he has a few, yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, that that is. I'm so happy to hear that. That had to make you just feel amazing. It really did. It really <laughs> did because um, we we looked at three thousand girls for the role of Annabelle, and we found Jackie Venny, and she's what a talent. And then two thousand boys or young men for the role of um, for the role of Casey. And we found Rob Riordan, and their chemistry obviously was paramount to the whole film. And, you know, they're young actors just starting off in their career. Oh, yes. And playing the junkie is hard enough. Mm-hmm. And then yes. to carry a whole film, I mean, they had to be really, really, really good. And they were. And they impressed us every day. I mean, they impressed me in the audition room. So, um, well, I can't wait to hear more about it. This is wonderful. And well, <laughs> let me just say congratulations on the film. And I'm already excited by what you've already shared with me. Thank you so much. Oh, yes. Can't wait to tell you my thoughts on your performance. You just uh, so appealing on screen. And um, I really, really, I liked your character a lot. You know, I like what you brought to the, I thought, I thought she was very warm. That was like my uh, take of her. Yeah. I, I I wanted people to empathize with, with all the characters. I think, um, you know, even Rob's, uh, Casey's character seems like the less appealing one. You know, in the beginning, in the, in the start, at the top of the film, you see him at his mother's graveyard. And it's, it's a very poignant scene. And you understand that he's been through some grief and, and maybe he did turn to drugs and, and uh, the choices he, he made in life kind of, um, unfortunately brought him to where he, he is, but he didn't start off as a bad guy. And then Jackie Venny's yes. character, 
at the top of the film, she finds out she's pregnant. I don't want to give away too much, but um, so she has her own motivations as to why she's doing what she's doing. And then my character um, is a, obviously comes from an affluent background and she's educated um, and she could seem like the less appealing character because she's, you know, born with a silver spoon in her mouth. Uh, but also at the top of the film, she's mourning the loss of her dad. And yes. uh, I think grief is a language everyone understands, whether they're rich or poor. And when we lose someone we love, uh, we all mourn the same. We all hurt the same. So everybody has um, some, some, some baggage and some motivation uh, to their character. And I think everybody will find something uh, within each character to empathize with some yes. a little more, some a little less. Uh, but my character, I, you know, she's, she's, you know, affluent and, and educated, but I wanted to make her warm and sincere and thoughtful as well. Well, that was beautiful. But I thought before we began, I would love to know how did your artistic journey begin? Because you have had quite the journey. Mm-hmm. as you mentioned i I started off dancing at a young age i did ballet and jazz ballet and gymnastics and then um i I performed a dance somewhere and a a director of theater um kind of saw me and uh, he was putting a musical on and he needed obviously some people who could dance um i don't sing (laughs) (laughs) that makes two of us funny when i sing (laughs) <laughs> I'm quite <laughs> funny when I sing. I have the opposite effect. <laughs> I oh, okay. I sing. I'm that often. <laughs> yeah. So he saw me dancing and he pulled me aside and he said, you're very brave on stage as a dancer. Let's see you as an actor. And I was like, what, 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 what? <laughs> and I said, okay, well, um, um, yeah, maybe I can. I, I, I was kind of game for anything uh, in, in an artistic sense. I was like, yeah. I was, I was a very, um, creative and active student. And I thought, okay, well, this would be a fun hobby. I thought, I'll, I'll make a hobby of it. And, uh, and 30 years down the line, here I am, <laughs> I'm still acting. Here so you are. Start. Yeah, That's that how it all start. began. Yeah. But then I, I, I did get a degree. I did study acting as well. Um, so I started off in Australia in this kind of youth theater group, and we, we went around uh, to a lot of theater festivals and we won some awards and things, and we put on performances here and there. Um, but um, I did later uh, get a degree in, Lo- in London, and, uh, and nobody teaches theater quite like they do in London. So, that, yeah, I and can I imagine. put on a few plays there as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when you started acting, like for the first time, when you think back, um, having mm-hmm. already tried dancing, did you find that it was something you just instantly enjoyed? Yeah, I did. And I, I didn't really have, everybody always asks me, oh, did you have stage fright? I never did. No, I mean, with theater, you always kind of do because it's a live performance. But I remember even the first time I was on TV, I was like, oh, this is, this is like, nat- it just felt natural in a very weird way. I can't explain it. But I was like, yeah, this is what I'm meant to do. And I tell you what, uh, you have accomplished so much. You really have. <laughs> um, you know, I learned that in Turkey, for example, you, well, mm-hmm. hey, let me add this in. Apparently you were crowned Miss Turkey at a very young age. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, I was. Yes, I was. <laughs> I have. I was born and raised in Australia, but I have Turkish family, and I went to Istanbul when I was 19, and in my early 20s, I became uh, Miss Turkey, and then I just got offered. So it was quite interesting that I, I, when I came to America, I'd already been acting for 10 years, and I had hundreds of, um, if not thousands of hours of TV and film work under my belt, but I didn't know how to audition. Isn't that weird? Oh, wow. Yeah. On the one <laughs> hand, you have all this experience, but then, oh, no, it's like starting over on the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It was quite, it was quite daunting. I mean, I, I love a good challenge. At first, I, I, I didn't, I didn't really love it because I was like, well, what do you mean I have to audition? And they were like, oh, where's your reel? I'm like, I never needed a reel. Everybody knows who I am uh, in, in, you know, some part of the world. Because I was on the biggest sitcom there, it was it was it had the kind of success that Friends had here, so it was kind of akin to asking Jennifer Aniston for her reel. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody asked Jennifer Aniston, "Can I see your reel?" But um, obviously, I wasn't known here, and and so I had to start from scratch, and um, and uh, it was a little bit frustrating at first because you know you're sitting in a room and. Most of them are beginner actors and they have two jobs on your resume and you're sitting in there with 20 jobs on your resume and, you know, uh, uh, just a solid career. And you're like, well, I, I don't, you know, not, not, and not to put anybody down who has two jobs on, on their resume. I, I started there as well. We all start with, with two jobs on our sure, resume. Sure, sure. But, um, you know, but at, at a certain point in your career, you're like, oh, my God, am I doing this all over again? <laughs> so... <laughs> It was a little bit frustrating, but I got over it, and I, I came to a place where I, I can enjoy the audition process now, and and just see it as a way to another way to enjoy my craft and to create. You know, Sarah, just think if we reverse this, right? Imagine an uh, actress here in the states who suddenly went to Europe or somewhere overseas in a different film market. And yet she had accomplished so much here in the States, let's say for a decade or so. And yet, like you described, it was just basically like she almost hadn't. <laughs> like she was, you know, they didn't know really who she was and had to like join the ranks with everybody else. So that had to be kind of a surreal experience for you. Um, but, but But look what's it happened. <laughs> I can't complain. I can't complain. I've, I've, I've been lucky and fortunate. And, and uh, like I always say, every day you get to make a living doing what you love is a blessing in itself. And I, I feel very blessed. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And um, you just had you. such a wonderful career. And I really enjoyed uh, learning so much about you before our interview and conversation today. I was wondering, mm -hmm. Sarah, before we get to discuss your your role in your new film, I was wondering, though, you, you know, in Turkey, you like you said, you were on a hugely popular show. I read where it was like at the height of what friends would be here in the States. It, yeah, I, I, see the, I say this without modesty. It was probably bigger than Friends was here. Because oh, we here, whoa. We 50, that is big. <laughs> no, we got 50% in shares, in rating shares. Wow. So that's huge. That is, like, really huge, yeah. I think the biggest American shows do maybe 20%. And, you know, I'm so. just wondering, <laughs> uh, when you think of the work and 
scheduling for film production or television production in Turkey or other countries. And then you now obviously have experienced what it's like here in the States. Um, Is there anything that stands out that's different? I assume it might come down to maybe how many hours are filmed or how many days are filmed, but what's the biggest glowing differences that you've noticed? Because you're the perfect lady to ask that. So Turkey, interestingly, while it's a small country, it's the second biggest in the world in terms of TV content. So it's after America, it's the second in the world. Wow. Um, And yeah, not a lot of people know that. So Turkish TV shows are watched all over um, the Russian countries, the Eastern European countries, the Middle East, and Latin America. And... um, I just to give an example, so an American show is about 40 pages usually, and um, they're filmed in about 10 days. So you're shooting on average about four pages a day. Turkish TV shows, and, and they're 10 episodes, their season is usually 10 episodes. Now, Turkish TV shows are 100 to 120 pages, which is what a feature film is. And we shoot them in six days. <laughs> oh, wow. And then we do that Big for difference. nine months. <laughs> Our TV season is nine months. So when I say I have thousands of hours of TV work under my belt, I really do because you're working. So to shoot about, uh, on average, 20 pages a day, you're working about 18 hours on set per day, an hour to get there, an hour to get back. You sleep about four hours. You do that six days a week, and on the seventh day, you go in to record your sound so they don't shoot your sound. Now, and then, and again, we do that for nine months. Wow. So it's like shooting a feature film every week. D- they don't shoot the uh, sound at that moment. No, they don't shoot with sound. I mean, the, the sitcom I was on, we shot with sound because that was shot on a sound stage. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the, uh, the rest of, uh, you know, 90% of production in Turkey is on live sets live locations so they have the call to prayer five times a day and a lot of outside sound so if you have to break for 20 minutes of you know five times a day and your shooting schedule is already 18 to 20 pages um 15 to 20 pages then <laughs> you don't want to break <laughs> you want to keep shooting so um wow yeah. that that is amazing you know you would fit in, Sarah, just so you know, with that kind of experience, right, and work ethic in your career, uh, you know, daytime television, such as The Young and the Restless or Days of Our Lives, now those are shows that do have much more amounts of dialogue every day. They film a whole episode in one day. Boy, you could fit right in there. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> I mean, you would yeah. be uh, 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 an expert, so to speak. Uh, probably, probably feel a little comfortable. A perfect fit. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, and exactly. Here's the thing. Like, um, I remember um, I got asked for. Um, I, I shot a few videos for Scientology. I'm not a Scientologist. So I'm not affiliated with them, but they shoot uh, educational videos, and they hire actors. And I remember I'd shot a few things for them before. And the lady who does their casting called me up one day. And she was like, can you cry on cue? I was like, I felt really cocky at that point. She was like, can you put yourself, can you do a self-hit with you crying on cue? I thought, okay, I'm going to be really cocky here. I'm going to give you versions, lady. <laughs> so I did like 
the one tear, like a little subtle crying. And then I did a little bit more crying. And then I did a full on like ball and I sent it in. She called me back in five minutes and she said, if you don't get this role, I don't know anything about casting. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, she said her director was shooting that day and he wasn't going to have time to uh, view it until the evening. And he viewed it in the evening and she called me back and she said, you have the role. And I went in to do it and um, and they sat, they put me in hair and makeup and costume and they sat me down in the sofa and they put the camera a little far away and they said, you just sit here and you get yourself in the mood and once you start crying, we're going to pull in a little closer and we're going to do some close-ups. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. The whole shoot was over in two minutes. And when the director yelled, that's a wrap, everybody started applauding behind the camera. And I'm like in shock. I'm like, why are they clapping? I really was. I was like, why is anybody clapping? I, I thought it was the weirdest thing. And they were like, and the director was like, I've never seen anybody do that. And I was like, really? We do it every day. <laughs> because here's the thing. When you're shooting 15 to 20 pages a day and you have to cry in a scene, you've got one take to do it in or two, if you're lucky. We don't have, you know, an hour to get you in the mood and to do like five different takes. We don't have that kind of time. <laughs> so <laughs> right. in, terms of, in terms of training as an actor, I think it made me, um, because the, 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 the massive schedule, the production schedule, I think it's, it's just a kind of training you can't get in any kind of school. So for that, I'm grateful. For that, I'm grateful. And, uh, yeah. So well, thank now, you for sharing. Cry, <laughs> I can do it in two minutes. <laughs> uh, th that is really impressive. That's not easy for even some of the best actors to do. You know, they that's a very yeah. challenging um um, you know, mm. attempt of doing something during a performance for for many. So that's that that's very impressive. I am curious though. In Turkey, were you like? It sounds like I mean, being on a show like that, that successful. I mean, were you recognized uh, when you would go out in public? I mean, it, was it that kind of uh, um, recognition? I, I followed around by cameras for years. Ah, I see. Oh yeah, I couldn't I couldn't step out of my house without makeup on. <laughs> wow yeah uh-huh <laughs> so you got to experience that yeah uh, yeah yeah i guess you couldn't go out for a, a walk or something or to the store without looking pretty good then right because <laughs> no no that's why i found it quite liberating when i first moved to america i was like i can walk out of my house and flip-flops and a t-shirt no makeup on this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. what prompted the move sarah if you don't mind me asking, like if you're doing that well in a market like Turkey or in abroad, I mean, was it just that you felt like the time had come to, to go to Los Angeles, to Hollywood, and then try to leave your mark there as well? Or did you have other reasons for doing so? Well, I first came to LA in 2000, but um, ah. I was doing a lot more modeling back then. This was just off the back of... Uh, uh, the Miss Turkey, and um, it w I went to a company, funnily enough, it was called Miss Millennium that year, because it was the year 2000, uh, in Singapore, our finals, and off the back of that, I came to America, but obviously, I was I was doing a lot more modeling, more than acting back then, and, um, and LA left a real, and I was here for a year and a half, two years, probably, and it left a real impression on me, and I wanted to get an education and come back, so to speak, and, um, so when I moved to London in 2002, 
and I finished school there and I did some theater there. And then I went back to Turkey and then that's when I did the sitcom. And then, um, and then I had a TV show in Germany. I had a TV show in Holland. I shot several films and several shows in Turkey. And, um, and then I shot two films in Bulgaria back to back. And uh, one of them, I had a smaller role, but it was a film directed by Bruce Beresford. He's a big director that starred Morgan Freeman and John Cusack. And then the second one, I had a lead role. And that was a film uh, we made for NBC and, uh, and sci-fi. And, um, and then I thought, okay, well, then off the back of these, um, I want to go and see if I can, you know, get some work in LA or, you know, and, and gain some kind of momentum off the back of these two films. And um, I've been wanting to come back to LA for years, to be honest. Uh, I left in 2002, and I thought I was going to move, come, you know, finish my education and come back in a year or two. But then I kept getting offer after offer, and I kept thinking, okay, well then I'll do this film, and then I'll go back, or then I'll do this TV show, and then I'll go back and. I was making a lot of money, which makes it a little bit harder <laughs> to up and leave into the unknown abyss of LA, you know, where you have mm-hmm. security Europe and you're already a known, you know, actor. Um, but I, 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 I really wanted to come back and I wanted to have an international career, to be honest, because when I was making films in Turkey, I was, I was big in Turkey, but this is before Turkish TV shows got, started to sell all over the world. Like right now, there's Turkish soap stars and Turkish actors that have five, six, ten million followers on Instagram because they're being watched all over the world. But at the time that I left, they weren't they weren't there yet. So, uh, and I really wanted to have an international career because English is my first language. I was born and raised in Australia, and I was educated in London. So I thought, well, I want to make you know, I don't want to make just you know, a, a local market, you know, films or TV shows. I, I want an international career. And I thought the only way to do that was, you know, to be in LA. And I also really have this, this amazing love affair with LA. I, I really love this city mm-hmm. in, in a, a really interesting way. Um, it's a fascinating I, uh, city, isn't it? Yeah. But I feel a profound kind of, gratitude even just driving the streets of LA I, I feel really happy to be here I mean obviously it's the film capital of the world but outside of that I really love LA and everywhere I've lived I've been very homesick for Sydney Australia I've missed it a lot and this is the only place in the world where I'm not that homesick and I feel at home so oh, to I'm me, glad to home. hear that. I'm glad that you feel you. M- more at home in L.A. And, and you know, I, I once lived and trained and worked in L.A., and I have to tell you, mm-hmm. so much of it has remained in my heart, Sarah. Um, now, uh-huh. uh, uh, do you ever enjoy at night just looking out and just seeing how the city is spread out? And, I mean, it, 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 to me, it just really stirs the heart and the imagination. It does. It really does. It does for me. I... Um, like I said, I, I just, I just love even driving the streets of LA and, yes. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's, it's really beautiful to me. It's really beautiful to me. And it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a place where they, they call it the city of angels. And I, I think it, to me, it does have an angelic presence in a way. And it's also a lot of a, a place where a lot of artists, 
congregate. A lot of creatives congregate, and for that reason, um, I, 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 I have a deep respect for anybody who's trying to create, whether they're trying to create music or write or sculpt or dance or act or direct. And uh, I have a lot of respect for all these artists that congregate here from all over the world and uh, and their passion and their drive. And I'm, I feel very uh, enamored by that. So many creative folks there. And it, it, yeah. it, that, which is, just, and, and that creates, you know, artistic energy, doesn't it, Sarah? Like you, you feed off each other. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a collective energy and I feel it. And you know, you know Sarah, I, like- I don't know if this will make sense to you, but I would often feel, especially at night, if I was near Hollywood and I had the right view, I just felt like I felt the spirits of old Hollywood, like classic Hollywood. Yeah. Maybe my mind yeah. was going like, wow, think about it. This is where Gable and Monroe and 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 all Errol Flynn and all the greats once were. And I just always kind of, it, it almost was like feeling their presence in a way. Yes, I feel I feel that very much because I'm very inspired by those, by those great. Well, I'm glad you understand and don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! I I grew up watching all the Hollywood musicals, so I have mm. a great respect for those, and uh, and and film and cinema, and it was my it was my biggest uh, uh, joy, you know, watching um, all these old films. And um, oh, I still love I, to do I that. I watch a lot. I I, I, I I probably toned it down a little bit more now, but there was a period there where I was probably watching two, three films a night, every night. Oh, wow. For years. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm I have, all I for that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a great respect. Like, I got asked in an interview once, you know, they asked me my favorite films, which was, it, it was a very long list. I tried to shorten it, but it's quite impossible oh. because I love, I love films so much. Yes. Um, but then I got asked, well, what films did you not like? Did you hate? And I said, that's such a strong word. And I, especially now as a producer, I know what goes into making a film, the effort, the, the drive and the, and the sleepless nights and the stress and and the love and the love. And, you know, you can't make cinema without love. And it's a collective effort of love of everybody on set because it's a team effort. So, and I said, you know, there are probably films I don't love as much as others, but I could never say I hate a film just out of respect for the people who are making it. Yes, yes. It's not easy. Oh, you know? that, that, what a beautiful answer. I, I just really like that answer. I, I, I feel exactly the same way. I'm, like, I'm listening to you, and I'm going, well, this is exactly how I feel. So I can totally understand where you're coming from, um, you know, especially when you think how hard so many folks work on an artistic project. Now, before we talk about your uh, film, and I'm so excited, I did have to ask, if you don't mind, about your hosting experience, because... You just, I've done, I've seen some clips and you're just so, na- I, th- I found you so natural and instead of being like vanilla, so to speak, because I've seen hosts who, they ask good questions or never present themselves, but there's not much more layers to it. And you seem to add just a little bit of personality to it. That's just right. So um, <laughs> I, I, it looked like you were really enjoying yourself as a host. I really enjoy hosting. I do. And I think it comes off. And I think the show that you probably watched 
because I've got obviously a lot of work in non-English languages. Like I've hosted game shows. I've hosted, um, um, I had my own talk show at one point, um, but they're all oh in different goodness. languages. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And news and sports news. And I, oh. I've done everything from like serious news to like, you know. Well, can we talk after the interview? Comedy. You can give me some pointers maybe later. Just just keep that in mind. Oh, <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't think myself such an expert. But um, but um, I think the show that you watched was probably the film review show that I did in L.A. where I got to interview everybody. Mm-hmm. Steve yeah. Carell to Guillermo del Toro to <laughs> Robert Redford to wow. Keanu and yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I got I, I was able to uh, interview just about every A-list actor and director in LA, which um, for me was very interesting because I had always been on the side of the uh, actor answering questions in a press junket, um, but in my own kind of country in my market. So for me, it was very educational seeing how it's done in America, how American actors are answering those questions. And I, and again, because I watch a lot of film, I could reference a movie they did 20 years ago, which you know other people might not pick up on, or a character they played that was similar to this one, or I would cross-reference things. And because from my experience, um, when you're doing a junket, especially, you get asked the same question over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And after 20 times of answering the same question, you feel like you're a broken record player and it's very mind numbing. So I would go into the interview. Obviously you have to ask, you know, tell us about the film, tell us about your character. But then I would like, I would throw some interesting things in there that they weren't expecting. And I remember like when I interviewed Nick Nolte, he stood up in the middle of the interview and he was like, who put you in here at the FBI, the CIA? <laughs> Where'd you get these? Oh, wow. So, um, That's quite a response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I made Steve Carell laugh. Like he, he hollered. Oh. Uh, he laughed so much. Oh, that's um, awesome. That It really was. It really was. And, uh, cause I love the office. I, so that's, that's just awesome. Yeah, I, I I interviewed him for Despicable Me too. Oh, nice! And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a fun film! And um, and so it was it was uh, interesting for me. And I got asked by a lot of my American friends who didn't know that I was a big star in my country. They were like, "Well, aren't you ever like starstruck, or you know, or 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 you know." Uh, like lost for words or, you know, whatever in these interviews. And I, and I really thought about it and I don't think I was, and maybe that's the reason why I come off as comfortable as I am around these big wow celebrities and not, not to compare my, myself in any way. I mean, they're big international stars. I'm just saying this in my little country, but um, I was like, well, I was a big star in my country and I know my shit doesn't smell of roses. So I know for sure theirs doesn't either. <laughs> so in, on that sense, I felt like not as like as much as an equal, obviously I, w- I was very, very um, en- enamored by their, you know, talent, but it wasn't so much like, Oh wow. I'm interviewing a star. It was more like, wow, I'm, I'm inter I'm, I'm interviewing a fellow actor that I really admire <laughs> from my Yes. Standpoint. Well, that's a, 
that's an approach I take where, you know, I think of like with you today, you know, I, I realize, you know, of course, big star, especially like in Turkey and, and, and whatnot. But I, I think of you first as an artist, as an mm-hmm. uh, actress and, a, you know, a producer. Mm-hmm. And, and I always think of that first. And one thing I do, mm-hmm. Sarah, as a host is when I created this podcast was I wanted to avoid the, go- the gossip. And like you said, at least attempt not to ask the repetitive questions and instead uh-huh. focus on the artistic journey of each guest. So that's why I love being a host. And maybe I was picking up on those same vibes from you. It was They were so enjoyable. They were fun. They were very enjoyable. Uh-huh. I, I remember, like, for example, um, when I was about to interview Amber Heard, and I interviewed her for, I think it was Three Days to Kill with Kevin Costner. Okay. And uh, and she had just come out with jo- Johnny Depp. This is when they just first started dating. Mm-hmm. So she was big news. Like it was a huge, big, sensational. Like you know, she's dating the biggest star in the world, and you know, she's a stunning girl herself. And I remember right before I walked into the interview room, her publicist. I think she was just warning everybody before they went in. She said, "No personal life questions." And I turned to her in, in absolute shock, going, "Huh?" Like, lay, I, and I turned to her and I was like, lady, I, like, I couldn't care less. She, she was dating the Pope. <laughs> yes, <laughs> not Johnny yes. Depp, you know, she was dating the Pope. Yeah. Um, I'm not here to ask, you know, I'm not TMZ. I'm here for film. I'm here to ask questions about film. There <laughs> that's you go. Not, yeah, that's not, what uh, a great concept. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> But I oh. understand. I understand. I have to protect their client. And sure, just sure. Her job. But um, from my perspective, I was like, "Huh? What are you talking about?" <laughs> well, I have Sarah. Uh, I've never mentioned this before, well, without naming names, of course. But I have had now and then someone say, "You know, Stephen, I'm going through something very personal in this way or that way. Could we avoid this?" And again, this is not the norm. It's it's just now and then. And I say, you know what? I wasn't, it wasn't even on my mind. I wasn't even going to ask you. And they were like, oh, wow. Well, thank you so much for understanding. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Well, my hat off to you. I was very impressed, uh-huh. and I hope I can find a way to see more because I could watch that for hours. You were superb. Uh, I have you. to ask you before we dive into your film, uh, should I be surprised, Sarah, that your Australian accent is not necessarily as prominent as I one might have imagined when you read that someone's from Australia? <laughs> well, it's interesting because I've worked in a number of accents. Like I've played Russian. I, I mm. speak a really good Russian accent. Oh, wow. I've played French. I've played Italian. I've played um, Turkish, obviously. Um, and um, British, obviously, you know. When oh, you yeah. Do yeah. In London, they expect you to do it with a British accent, you know what I'm saying? And, um, but so I've, you know, worked in a multitude of accents. Um, but when I'm asked to do Australian on the spot, and all these accents I can speak on the spot, um, when I'm asked to do Australian, I can't do it anymore. It's the weirdest thing. Like, <laughs> I, I, speak wow. I speak Australian when I'm speaking to other Aussies. Or I go back home mm-hmm. and then I speak Australian. But if I'm asked on the spot, I have to think. I think it's because I spent so many years getting away from it. Mm-hmm. And especially yeah. in my years in London, um, that, you know, especially when you obviously you're doing theater in London, you really, uh, you know, have to 
do the British accent. And I think that um, when I first moved to L.A., I, I sounded more British than Australian, to be honest. And then I had to take some dialect classes and learn how to say can't instead of can't and water instead of water. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well done. Occasionally I still, occasionally I still <laughs> slip and say can't, but I'm working on it. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Well, how I, many, I mean, how many language languages do you speak, Sarah? Well, English and Turkish perfectly, but I can get by on a few others. On a few others you can get by. Well, that's more than I can do. So, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I can maybe fake it a little bit if you know what I mean, but uh, I don't know. But wow. Well, uh, Sarah, I feel like this is a two-part interview. Uh, the first part was your artistic journey leading up to this film. I just want to say thank you. I enjoyed it every single moment. And now we get to talk about this movie, The Surprise Visit. Uh, as I uh, mentioned before, available January 14th on video on demand and in selected theaters, or the cinemas, mm -hmm. as I like to say. Um, well, this was based on a true story. My question is, since yes. you are uh, one of, you know, an executive producer. Uh, I'm the producer, actually. You are the I producer. Produce how did you discover this true story? So initially we wanted to make another film in Virginia on this estate. And um, it's a, it's, it's in the historical landmarks list of the United States. It was uh, built in the late 1700s and it would lend itself very well actually to a horror film. Uh, but this film had some kids in it. And then the pandemic hit in March last year, right when we were about mm. to start filming. So we figured out we weren't going to be able to shoot with children. And, um, and then later on in the year, I think it was in August, we went out to Virginia to visit family. And, uh, and while we were there, we were like, well, we still kind of want to make a film. And, you know, what can we do? What can we do? And we we kind of were very enamored, obviously, with The Strangers, um, which is a great uh, horror film. Oh, okay. Outland doesn't have anything to do with it. There's, there's no similarities, obviously. Mm -hmm. But we were like, you know, it's, it's a film with literally three people in the whole film. All the rest are in masks, which is a great pandemic-friendly film. <laughs> you think about it. <laughs> yes. Um, so we were like, what can we make? that involved a very few people, a limited cast and a single location. And we tried coming up with ideas and we we're brainstorming and brainstorming. And then um, Nathan Coles, who is the executive producer on the film, kept telling us, well, there was this theft occurred on this estate that we were shooting on. And he kept telling us about it. And he was like, you know, the, the groundskeeper actually finally still works there. And he's a lovely elderly gentleman. Um, and he had a, a son who was a drug addict and, and his son had a girlfriend. They're both drug addicts and, uh, and they, um, they robbed the estate when the family were away. And he kept telling us the story. And I was like, well, it sounds like a very traumatic affair for everybody involved, but it doesn't really lend itself that well to film. So we kind of started exploring that and we thought, well, you know, so the first half of the film is based on this true story um, of the, this estate being robbed by the drug addict uh, 
son and his girlfriend. And, um, and then we kind of Hollywoodized the end to make it a little bit more dramatic. The people who actually robbed the estate went to prison in real life. So mm. um, it's based on a true story, but we, we wanted to explore, uh, well, what would happen if they robbed the estate thinking it was empty, but the daughter of the family had planned a surprise visit um, not knowing her mother was away for the weekend, she left in a hurry because her she had to take care of her sister that was injured. And uh, and this is your character, the yes. daughter. Yes. So they come to rob our estate thinking it's empty, but I've come to visit my mother mm-hmm. and she isn't there. So I just think, well, I'll just stay for the weekend until mom gets here. And... Um, and unfortunately, we get we wake up in the middle of the night with a a bad oh, surprise. Yes, a, a, a bad surprise. <laughs> yeah, we could you we could have called this the bad surprise visit. Now that I think about it, <laughs> uh, the unwanted surprise visit. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, I have to tell you, Sarah, um, when you arrive, you know, to uh, your character's mother's home. I just have to tell you, I, 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 what should, how do I put this? I, I suppose it's your screen presence. There was just something warm and appealing I found. Like, I thought, wow, you know, this looks like a really good person, like um, a, a, a caring person. And um, obviously she has grief that she is dealing with, uh, you know, loss in her life. But I just wanted to say you just made an immediate nice impact on me as a viewer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, 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 I wanted her to be appealing because, you know, she's a girl who's born with a silver spoon in her mouth and she's, you know, and she's a nasty kind of rich bitch, for want of a better word. <laughs> then, she, then nobody's going to be rooting for her, is, are they? <laughs> That's right. That's right. And yet you just, um, I don't know, the way your character talked to her husband and, um, you know, I just thought, you know, okay. And then, of course, the backstory with with what she was dealing with and and everybody in the cast just is, no matter how big or small the part or how many scenes, it all adds up to... um, wonderful results when it comes to performances. Now, um, how did Eric get involved with this? Um, well, we, we, obviously it's a very different character for him because, mm-hmm. you know, he usually plays these suave kind of bad, bad kind of characters. And we thought, well, it'd be really interesting, I think, for him to do something different. And, uh, I, I think he did, I mean, he's just a great actor regardless. And I think that he's, the volume of, of films he's been in is just a, a testament to his love of, of film and mm-hmm. filmmaking. So, uh, it, and, you know, he's done everything from Christopher Nolan, like huge, big, you know, A-list directors to, you know, much smaller productions. And uh, I, I think that he could, he, I mean, he's been nominated for an Oscar. He's been nominated for Golden Globe. He, he really could play anything. Uh, yes, in my mind. I, so, I agree with you. Yeah. So I thought it was an interesting choice. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, when you put him side by side with Robbie Orden, he's believable as, as, as Robbie Orden or Casey, that character, Casey's father. 
and um, he's just a very sweet, uh, sweet man himself yes. in, in real life. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And isn't there something about Eric, Sarah, that it's like the moment he first appears on screen in any given production, it's like he's so well into his character immediately. It's like you, the viewer, you want to know about this character, like instantly. It must be something about yeah. his style and presentation. Even in this film, more low-key mm -hmm. at first, right? I still was uh -huh. like, I, I, I got to know more about this character. And I have to say that, uh, you know, well done to Eric for being able to accomplish that over the years. Yes. Well, he's very charismatic. He's very charismatic in person. And obviously on, on, on camera, on screen, you're drawn to him and you're yes. drawn to you know, finding out more about him. Drawn definitely. to him. That's the that's and, the phrase I think I was looking for. Yeah. And and he's seen and his first scene with Casey, uh, with Robbery Orden was just such a heartbreaking scene yeah. in of itself. I mean, I kind of put myself in, you know, in, in a, a I I don't have children yet. I'm I'm hoping to get there. Okay. Um but um, you know, to have a child and then have your child, you know, you know, you know, he's a junkie and he's, you know, he's coming to ask you for yes. money and you know that he's going to spend it on drugs, mm -hmm. but then also he needs to eat and he's down and out. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have any money and you're torn. I mean, that has to be. It's heartbreaking. I mean, I mean, really uh, I mean, that was a big moment in the film. I think for some yeah. people, maybe, maybe if they've just not experienced such things or know people like with similar situations, it could pass them by, but not for me. Um, Sarah, I'll share with you that I was raised by my grandparents and oh. my biological father, all his life, adult life, I should say, struggled <laughs> with drug addiction and, oh. um, there was moments that I witnessed just like that. And let me just tell you, when Eric, you probably know the, the moment I'm talking about, when he, when his son, but yeah. dad, I've got to eat, please, after he said he wouldn't give him money. And then you see Eric kind of look at the ground and he kind of shifted his body. And I have to yeah. tell you, that is that paternal hurt where you, of course you want to have, make sure your child's not hungry. But then if they're yeah. not stopping this self-destructive behavior, you also feel like you have to do something to, to stop it. And it's so, yeah. so emotionally difficult. And I just have to say, I was really moved by those moments. Yes. There was, there was a, a really great scene between the two of them and they just did fantastic in it. And like you said, it's, it's heartbreaking to see any loved one in that situation. Sure. And, uh, and interestingly enough, uh, Eric's character in the film, uh, you know, when he loses his wife, he turns to drinking. So yeah, see, but he turns, but he turns his life around. Yes, so it's kind of like looking at a younger version of himself, and he wants his son to get out, but he doesn't know if he's going to make it. And there's a lot of anger and hurt between the two of them. It's it's really heartbreaking. It, it so really heartbreaking. is, and I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you, because it's a reminder to me that you know it's not that Eric's character was perfect himself, right? That mm -hmm. he had his own struggles, and I like that. So yeah. thank you for for throwing that in there. I did want to ask you: Is it just me, or or, or did it 
sound like he was speaking differently. Like, like I don't know if accent's the right word, but it was just the way he talked. I don't know, maybe it was the way he was diving into his character, but it seemed different than what I usually hear from him. Yes. Yes, he was. He was. Okay. Well, we wanted to make him a... Well, we wanted to make him a little bit more uh, rural, not so, yeah. you know, yeah. I picked because up on is, that. It's, it's rural Virginia. Yeah. It, that really impressed me. It, it's, it, it's like when he talked, I thought it was fascinating. <laughs> right? You know, yeah. even something like that it's was great. impressing me. Now, Sarah, I have to ask you, you the film is, mm-hmm. full, of course, I won't give anything away, so don't worry. But mm-hmm. you're obviously, after, you know, we've described the, the plot and everything, a lot of... Uh, emotionally charged scenes for you and then it really be it just stays that way after a while right and i'm just wondering as an actress um how challenging is that for you to film scene after scene or take after take in that state of mind um so i was uh, you know our shoot schedule was two weeks and um i was probably shooting for 10 or 12 days of those. And then there was two days I was on set as a producer. So I was either on set as a producer or as an actor. Um, It was very, very exhausting, to be honest. Um, Because my role is very physical. Um, I'm either begging for my life, Mm -hmm. crying, or running. I I remember I ran for miles and miles every day. You ran and ran Um, and ran. (laughs) <laughs> I ran and ran and ran. And I just wanted to jump in the screen you. and protect you. Like when I'm watching this, like <laughs> someone please protect this woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you, and I'm running through the woods. It's not like running on, you know, on, on grass. It's you're running through up yeah. and down hills yeah. and, you know, through the woods and, and, and slippers. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my. So physically, it was very challenging. It was very exhausting. And after a while, I think I just looked a bit haggard, and which my character had needed to be haggard anyway. So it was quite okay with all of that. But um, I, um, I think for my character, I just again at the top of the film, she's she's already in mourning, and then something really, really horrific happens to her in the midst of the film. And she comes from a very protected background. I mean, she hasn't been around people who are down and out or drug addicts or this kind of, um, um, you know, this kind of, these kind of people. So it's a bit shocking and a bit jarring. And obviously she's in a state of shock and and extreme fear, Um, but she has to figure out a way out, I think. And she's she's fighting for her life. I mean, and, yeah. and, and wow. I mean, you were just so good in these scenes, Sarah. So good. <laughs> so she really has to kind of turn her brain on after pulling after the shock and fear mm-hmm. uh, wear off and try and figure out how she's going to stay alive. And escape, um, yes. Then we get into the psychological escape. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so, and she's a lawyer, and so she's smart, and she she mm-hmm. tries to find a way out and and try to outsmart them. Um, but I think the physical stuff, I just had to be very present in whatever fear I was feeling, and yes. which wasn't hard to do because uh, if you've seen Robert Jordan in the role, he's scary, very scary oh, looking, yeah, and he's he's and he's a, he's a drug addict, swinging a. a 
a metal fire poker just inches above your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So th- there were there were days where I was very shook, kind of shaken, yes. um, and 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 fearful. And uh, so I, I just had to be present in, in whatever fear I, I was feeling. Well, Sarah, isn't it interesting those moments when Rob would suddenly calm down, right? And he'd mm-hmm. kind of like, it was like, it was to me, it was like, it was the moments when the addiction maybe was not so much in control. And he was like, wait a minute, what the heck am I doing here? Yeah, I noticed a few exactly. moments like that where I almost felt like, oh my gosh, he's going to not go through all this. But then, of course, the other side was just too prominent. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, again, I, I wanted to explore some of that as well. I mean, you know, if, if you're of sound judgment and you have an accident happen in your mm. house, uh, you're going to call the cops and say, hey, well, there was an accident in this house. But if yeah. you're a drug addict with... Um, questionable uh judgment or 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 morality or ethics you know what do you do with that you know where do you take it what 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 decisions do you make and unfortunately for casey and annabelle they keep making the wrong ones and then it just gets out of control it's just like this snowball effect and you kind of see the snowball coming at you and it's growing bigger and bigger and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And just when you think it can't get any worse, it gets worse again. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's, yes, it's, it does. It sure does. It's, like it, it's out of control. Oh, uh, it, it is um, really out of control. And I trend, would love to ask you about Jackie Vinny because you have so many moments, some moments where you're even alone. And boy, I tell you, as a viewer, I just felt that tension of like, you know, which way is this going to sway? But she really gave a fantastic performance. She is a really phenomenal actress, I have to tell you. I mean, I, I remember in the auditioning process, and uh, and we, we we looked at three thousand girls, and then we were down to two, and oh. um, there was five of us choosing. Uh, so we, uh, our director Nick Leon, who did a fantastic job, and he also produced the film as well, and he was in the audition room, and I was there, and our executive producers were there, and everybody was um, kind of. Um, wanting to hire the other actress because we were down to two. And then we had Jackie Venny come in and uh, and Nick, our director, asked him to do some improv. And he said, just go off script and just do this. And just Jackie did some things in that audition room and we just went, wow. <laughs> and she won us over. She's the one. And Yeah, she really won. <laughs> she really won the, 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 the role. And uh, she's very, very, very talented. And... Um, and uh, just, yeah, she's very, very present in her character throughout the film. And and uh, I, I, I really appreciate that her and Rob actually uh, became very good friends and because they kind of have to act as a unit throughout the film. And uh, they were very supportive and trusted one another implicitly. And they were constantly going off and doing their lines and and working on getting this, the chemistry and, and their characters. And, um, and they did very well together. And, um, and my scenes with her, I, I think uh, because she's a woman and she, uh, she has a bit more empathy and obviously caring kindness uh, than, than Casey's character, uh, um, 
and she she wants to do the right thing and uh, but she's between a rock and a hard place and she's got her obviously her big love and the the uh, um, the baby uh, daddy you know mm-hmm. uh, and she ha- she's trying to figure out a way for both of them to make it out and for everybody to survive uh, but she's got a very uh, volatile drug addict on her hands and she can't uh, she, she she can't manage to sway him one way or another and she's looking at him like this train wreck that he's turning into and he's just going from bad to worse and she can't figure out a way either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just think so, if the, your character's mother had not left town that night and, or, and, and you and the, the husband did not show up. I mean, who knows what would have happened? But I mean, it's just, um, you know, I, I mean, could you imagine how the, the mother would, would, will feel later? Like, can you believe that the night I left? Something like this would happen. I mean, um, I yeah. thought about that. You know, like wow, she ha- yeah. that character had to be blown away that something so horrific and terrifying would happen, um, and and so On many tragic state. things. But Sarah, I'd love to ask you, what did you enjoy most as a producer? Um, so as a producer, um. So I've worked in different facets of production, uh, but I haven't produced a film from mm. beginning to end myself. So this is the uh, first the time. Post-pro- yes, and and it's and it's my own film. Um, so the post-production stuff was my least favorite. Okay, that stuff I didn't really love because it's very very technical. I mean, I've been in an editing room before. I get mm-hmm. editing. That stuff I'm okay with because it's still to me it's artistic and it's making artistic choices. Mm-hmm. But the other stuff, like the deliveries and the technical stuff, that stuff I didn't enjoy. Gotcha. Um, the um, but there were moments in in the pre-production, and I remember I had a um, a we were looking for a, a, a unit production manager. And uh, and we wanted to hire uh, the crew locally as much as we could. Now, if you're shooting a film in Los Angeles or New York, that's very easy to do because there's thousands of hairdressers, there's thousands of makeup artists, or uh, 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 art directors, or, or uh, you know, or production designers. But in Virginia, in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> not, so <laughs> not so much. Not so much. So I, I, I remember I was instrumental in casting the film, but when it came to finding crew, mm-hmm. I remember it was about two weeks before we were supposed to start shooting, and we didn't have half the crew in place. And I really panicked. I thought, Oh God, I think I have bitten off more than I can chew this time. Oh, um, yeah. But we managed to pull it together and find everybody we needed. Um, and, um, and I remember my, my first day on set, I was on set as a producer, actually, I didn't have scenes that day. And that was probably my favorite day. And my favorite part as a, as a producer, um, to walk on a set that's yours and you put <laughs> the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, I, I remember I walked on set and the set looked amazing um, the scenes looked amazing. The, the the actors were knocking it out of the park, and I was I was there was a moment of pride in there of like, wow, like oh, wow. you put it off. 
Yeah. But it, for me, it was a very humbling experience mm. just to see everybody doing such a fantastic. Because always on set, you know, there's you know, ninety percent of people will turn out good, and then there's a there's a few in there that you know won't pull their weight or won't do the job that mm-hmm. you thought they would do or let you down a little bit. But the mm-hmm. thing is, our set had a very tight crew because again, we shot on the estate where it happened and there's old people living there. Mm. And so we didn't want, you know, a, a crew of 50 people and, you know, this is pre vaccine in the mm. middle of a pandemic. So we ha- we hired a very skeleton crew. Our whole camera crew was four people. Wow. Wow. I know. <laughs> your <laughs> your jaw is dropping right now. Yes. They, uh, they, they, so, it is actually. They did a phenomenal job, but it was mm-hmm. it was a lot of heavy lifting for everybody involved, oh, and wow. so I respect them. I love them. Our director, our camera, our DP, uh, Nate Haben, our, our, our camera, Ross Headley. They just they we shot on two red cameras, and um, and they did such a phenomenal job. And I, I was just really humbled watching them, going, "Wow." These people are so talented, and I am so lucky to have each and every one of them on my first film on my set. <laughs> and I was, I was just blown away by everybody's talents oh, and their wow. dedication. And it was made with a lot of love. I think that yes. everybody believed in it, and everybody gave a hundred and ten percent. And it shows. It really shows. And and the film is really a performance piece because again, we don't have. 20 actors in our film. So it's really dependent on everybody's performance and everybody pulled through. The actors did a fantastic job. The crew did a fantastic job. Um, Our production designer was a one woman show and she just really did a fantastic job. So I was, I was recalling when I was trying to find a unit production manager, I'm going to circle back and we found one in Virginia and she had worked on, you know, big productions like $50 million films in Los Angeles and New York. And, and, um, and I was like, well, we're a very small indie film. Are you sure? And she's like, oh yes, well, I, I've worked on, you know, $2 million films. And, and, uh, and I didn't want to tell her how our budget was under that too, but, um, <laughs> she's like, I worked on $2 million films and I bought the film in at, 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 at you know, on budget and on time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she was like, well, how much pre-production do you have on this? And I was like, we're going to start filming in three weeks. Mm. And she was like, well, it can't be done. You need at least two, three months of pre-production time. <laughs> she was <laughs> like, it can't be done. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, well, we're going to do it, lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just, and just watch. And <laughs> And she said to me, she said, and you've got one of the lead roles and you're going to be exhausted, you know, doing all the pre-production and production on this. By the time you arrive on set, you're just going to be, and it's going to show in your, it's going to show in your, uh, in your performance. And nobody's going to say, well, she was working so hard on this as a producer. She didn't get, she didn't have any energy left as an actor. (laughs) And I went, lady. I didn't tell her about the part where I was used to shooting 20 pages a day. <laughs> I just went, lady, yeah. watch me do it. We're going to do yeah, this. They're, they're, just watch and see. But there were times in there where I thought I, I was so exhausted. It was a happy exhaustion. Don't get me wrong. It was a joyful mm-hmm. exhaustion of like, 
because every day I would arrive at home to my, to my room and go, wow, I'm, I'm exhausted, but you know, we're just doing, I could see the takes and we were, everybody was just doing such a phenomenal job that it just gave me more energy to do more and to do better. And, um, yeah, it just fueled me, I think. Um, Well, congratulations from the bottom of my heart. And listening to you, just the tone of your voice and the enthusiasm and excitement, I'm wondering, is directing something you've thought about? Um, Directing, I always find it's a little bit, like, I think I'd be good at talking to actors and getting Mm -hmm. good performances out of them. But the technical side, I don't know. That part you don't. don't Well, maybe you could do a (laughs) co-director. One for the technical, (laughs) and you just, you set up the, you handle the actors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's an idea for you. (laughs) Yeah, could be, could be. I don't know. I I, I just love, I love films. I love filmmaking. Um, Directing. I don't know. I don't know if it's in the cards for me. We'll see. We'll We'll see. see. Hey, see what happens down the road. Well, Sarah, this has been an absolute delight and pleasure. And I I just couldn't ask for a better guest for the second episode of of this new year. And um, so uh, is there anything else you'd like to add as far as where people can see this? I mean, is it just video on demand in, in general, so to speak, in selected theaters? So it's coming out in um, in uh, New York and LA and mm. uh, various theaters around America, but it's a very it's a limited release. Um, gotcha. I will be posting up the theaters on my Instagram on my social media, and uh, and they can check it out uh, if it's hopefully coming to a theater near you. So here's another thing. Uh, so we shot it with two red cameras, and it was shot in the Virginia Fall. So it's beautiful, like cinematically, oh, it's, wow. it's very stunning. Yes. So I think it would lend itself well to seeing on the big screen. Mm-hmm. So if you can watch it at a theater near you, I highly recommend it. Uh, but if not, it is coming out on VOD. And I hope you uh, love watching it as much as uh, uh, we loved making it. Um, we have, you know, obviously Eric Roberts, myself. Uh, Jackie Venny, who uh, a lot of fans, uh, they loved her in on, on the Fear Street uh, trilogy on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Rob Jordan. And then we have uh, Trisha Hahn, who was on Dope Six Hulu. Uh, on Hulu sorry, on Hulu's Dope, Dope Six. Gosh, on Hulu's Dope Six, <laughs> which interestingly was shot in Virginia also. Oh, and it's okay. about the drug epidemic, you know. Um, yes. And... Uh, in rural America, dope sick. And, uh, and, uh, my husband is played by Johnny Santiago. Yes. And, um, did a so great I job as well. Uh, they all did. And well, I hope you get to come yeah. to Cincinnati someday and shoot a movie. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> Just keep me in mind if you do. Uh, cause you sound Absolutely. like a, a, a joy to, to work with you and, uh, I have no doubt Likewise. about that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, what is the official name of your Instagram page, if you don't mind me asking, in case folks out there want to, you know, check out everything? So my uh, Instagram page is Sarah with an E, S-E-R-A-H, Sarah Hennessy, H-E-N-E-S-E-Y. 
there you go. Well, thank you for being my special guest today. It, it was a true delight. Thank you for having me.